We have hit the conference finals, and now it's finally time. The conference finals feature four teams left. We're down to the final four, but first, let's look back at the second round of the NHL playoffs. Hello, friends. I'm Danny Abaka alongside Derek Harper, where we're going to go into depth about the second round and what took place there. And then also, we'll look into the conference finals and the two matchups that will be at stake between the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. And then on the Western Conference, the St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks. Let's first begin with the series that ended the the quickest and that would be the team that won a playoff series the quickest in the New York Islanders where they swept the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round and then they had a week's worth of rest before they had to take on a Carolina Hurricanes team that won in game seven in the latest game of the first round against the Washington Capitals and when these two teams collided the Islanders se seemed to be playing toe-to-toe -to -toe with them but the problem was the Hurricanes just seemed to be more upbeat in game one it it was Jordan Stahl who scored an overtime winning goal in New York to give the Hurricanes a 1-0 lead. And then in Game 2, it was the Hurricanes who had two goals in the, within the span of a minute that turned a 1-0 deficit to a 2-1 Islanders defeat. And then in Game 3, it was close throughout until Peter Mrazek, near the 10-minute mark, gave up an egregious goal behind his, his goal crease. And that turned out to be the game-winning goal as the Hurricanes won by a score of 5-2. And then in the final game of the series and what turned out to be a sweep, it was Carolina that scored early and often. And that was how the Hurricanes forced a resounding sweep of the New York Islanders. And it seems as if the early rest is, is for the Islanders is what seemed to get them in this series. Danny, that was, I think that's a big factor. And an early rest can always be a big, huge factor in a team's success or fails. And... Uh, in this instance, it ended up in them failing and falling out of playoffs really, but that's a big fact. You also look at the Hur Carolina Hurricanes riding off all the energy, riding off they play together. They are a the chemistry is there. The trade benefited them this year between Nino Niederreiter and come from Minnesota. And then you have this the fans. That's a tiny factor, but you just have all the player chemistry. They're riding on the energy of that. Their late season success. They are a real threat, Danny, and you cannot count this Canes team out. The reason why this team is so good in the postseason is because of a veteran man that has known what it takes to be successful in the postseason, and that man is Justin Williams. He's won a Stanley Cup in the past with the Carolina Hurricanes. That was way back in 2006. That's a long time ago. And then also with the Carolina, well, well he won two Stanley Cups with the Los Angeles Kings during their remote somewhat little dynasty that they had and then after the Kings championships he went to the Washington Capitals and then the year after he left it was Washington that ended up winning a Stanley Cup through his leadership and then now he's doing wonders with the Carolina Hurricanes and now they're in the conference finals but you have to you have to look at who's really stood out for this Hurricanes team this is a team that is not known for many of their marquee players and they're the only real standout is for as far as goals are concerned is Tavo Teravine and he was with the Chicago Blackhawks and he had experience with the team in his past and now it seems as if he's he's seen what it takes to win a Stanley Cup in Chicago and now he's putting it into fruition with the Carolina Hurricanes that's always a great factor is to have that leadership up front 
you have the people, whether they've been to Team of Lyle, like Justin, Will, Will uh, uh, Yum's there, or Taro, Taro Vine, and because when you have those veteran players that can bring the Stanley Cup and playoff experience to you and uh, mentor the youth players there, that's a huge factor. It also helps in the chemistry because the younger players can feed off of that, take that, improve their game, and that just helps when they improve their game. It shows the leaders that they're trusted well, and it shows that the higher ups the management, the coaches like those players, and they're, they're just able to gain trust and chemistry, and this, that all blends into a well-built team. And then also with the Carolina Hurricanes, you have to take into account their defenseman. And one man that clearly stands out is a guy that hasn't scored a goal yet in this postseason, but he has 11 assists. That's Jacob Slavin. This man knows what it takes to score from the outside and set up passes to score. That's why this Hurricanes team has the potential to be something special. And not, not to mention you have Justin Williams, but also you have Jordan Stahl. He had the overtime winner in Game 1 against the Islanders. And you also have defenseman as in Brett Pesci, and then also you have a presence in front in Warren Fogle, and then also you have Brock McKegg, who scored the overtime game winner against the Capitals to conclude their series. So it shows that the Hurricanes do have what it takes for a deep run, but we'll have to wait and see if they can go to the next level. One thing that has been impressive for this Carolina Hurricanes team and their success has been their goaltending carousel that has still worked out for them with Carolina they came into this playoffs with Peter Morazic and he has been a man who can stand on his head and play very well but now it's been a case of him getting injured in game two and then Curtis McElhenney the old veteran comes in and he comes in the clutch for the Carolina Hurricanes in in essentially providing Carolina with three wins against the Islanders Danny, it's huge. When you have a goalie like that that can come in and save the day there and just stand on his head and stand in tall in net, that's huge. You, the goalies are a big momentum booster. We're talking about Carolina right now. We also have to look at Jordan Bennington and the Blues. This is just a short piece of there because the goalie can propel the team up the standings and give the whole rest of the team that motivation to go out there and win games. If the defense backs up the goalie and on the other side of the ice you have your offensive players put pucks in net, that's huge. And that gives the team the chemistry, the energy to go out there and win games day in, day out. It brings the fans in. It gives the head uh, front office management that excitement to get out there and keep winning year after year, game after game. Peter Morazic has been a standout performer. He showed it when he was with the Detroit Red Wings in his short stint in the playoffs. He stood on his head, and he pitched two shutouts in a series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though it was Tampa Bay who came out on top with the victory. It was it was a coming out party for Peter Morazic, and it, it shouldn't come as a surprise even this postseason that Peter Morazic is playing so well because when the stakes are high, Morazic is on his game, and he showed it in the playoff series against Washington when he needed to come up big. He sure did come up huge. And then also in this series, it showed that he performed well, especially in game one, pitching a shutout. But then... Once Matt Morazic went down, it was Curtis McElhenney, the veteran, who showed up. And he may not be playing in this upcoming series, but he did perform well when he was called upon. And for a backup goaltender, you never know when you get the call. And McElhenney in Game 2 got that call, and he didn't allow a goal the rest of Game 2. And then in the series at home, he played spectacular goaltending. And there's a reason why this Carolina Hurricanes team is into the conference finals. 
when you have a backup goalie that comes in, his name's called, you you must be ready. Backup goalie just stand on the bench, and I was watching a game the the other night where the backup goalie is called upon. He was watching to see if he needed to go in. The other goalie got hurt, and he was watching. I mean, you know, those guys are still watching the game. They go out there and practice pre pregame. They're always ready. They're still giving one hundred and ten percent. They don't let being the backup get them down. They go out there and give it like they're all like during the game seven of the title game or the title series. And so when you have a goalie that can do that, go out there and pitch a shutout for the rest of the game. That's huge, and it also gives it makes the other players trust them more, and it just it gives this team energy and shows that every single player can be a huge uh, part to the team and give what they have. And there's a reason why this team is so good right now, and there's one thing that you cannot overlook, and that's the head coaching of Rod Brindamore, the the head man for the Carolina Hurricanes. He won a Stanley Cup as a player with Carolina in 06 with Justin Williams as his teammate. When And now things have changed, obviously. But Rod Brindamore has done a great job with this Carolina Hurricanes team with what they have been given with. And there's a reason why this Hurricanes team, as surprisingly as it may be, they didn't see the playoffs since 2009 in Carolina. And that previous in the postseason, they made it all the way to the conference finals, and ten years later, they are doing the same same trend again. They're going to the conference finals yet again. They're looking to have different fortunes. But Rod Brendamore, he has been such a great coach for this Hurricanes team. When you have the right coach, it helps so much. You saw um, the Capitals last year. Barry Trotz brought him to a Stanley Cup, and this year goes to the Isles. That doesn't bring him a cup. As we saw, the Canes got in the way of that. But he brought him from the cellar up to the top. And it just, a coach can mean so much. And that's the same situation here in Carolina. You have a team that's been in the cellar for a few years. WHL team's getting more fans than them in the gates. And then you have a certain trade here or there. You have, it, sometimes it takes years to rebuild. When you get all those pieces together and have the right person at, at the helm for coach, that can do so much for a team. It rejuvenates them. And a former player for the Canes, too. So when you have a former player also coaching the team, and they trust management so well, and if they can prove themselves even more, it just gives them so much more energy, and it brings the fans in. It's just so great. Rod Brendamore was brought into the Carolina Hurricanes team first as an assistant coach in the 2011 campaign, and he has has proven him, himself as he's worked his way through the Charlotte Checkers, the AHL affiliate for Carolina, and he has made his way all the way to the top, and now he has his eyes set on the Eastern Conference Championship, and it's going to it's it's such an a, a differentiating sight to see the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that has missed the playoffs year after year for so long, and once they got their chance, highlighted by Justin Williams, the the veteran presence for this team, and now they're in the postseason, and they have their chance to shine. And if 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 Carolina isn't a team of destiny, I don't know who might be outside of the, the team that we're going to be talking about up next. But to me, Carolina is a team that, is, that has really turned some heads this year, and it's been impressive to see what they've been, they have done, especially in this postseason. That is so true, Danny. When, 
you have teams that can do that. It's just special to watch them. You have the right management, right players, right every everything that just gels so well. You know, sometimes there's a special team. And that's this, this is Carolina Hurricanes team that did miss the playoffs last season, but this They're year is Cinderella team. They have they've really turned things around this year. And speaking of turning things around in the Western Conference, a team that booked their ticket to the Western Conference Finals in Game 7 in double overtime has has their story of destiny continuing. That's the St. Louis Blues, and we've, we've beaten this, this notion on the head for so long, and we, we just can't stop bringing it up. This was a team, New Year's Day, that was dead last in the league. And fast forward to the end of the season, they are now playing for a chance for a berth in the Stanley Cup final and obviously the credit has to go yet again to their netminder Jordan Bennington who has turned the league by storm. Jordan Bennington Danny we saw him earlier this year we saw how well he did Jordan Bennington was he brought him from the cellar up up the ladder he was called upon the main goalie went down and when you have a goalie that can go and do the, do that for your franchise the goalie is looked upon as this hero, the guy who came in and saved the day, and this is rare. A guy comes in, he also had a big game seven in, in his uh, OHL career when he played major jun- juniors. And it just shows how well a player can do and how well he can motivate a franchise. And it was Jordan Bennington who was playing for the San Antonio Rampage in the AHL this season. And he he owned a record of 11 and four as as a starter. And once he made his way to the St. Louis Blues, he now has well he in the regular season he had a record of 24 five and one. And I don't know about you, but that's not too shabby if you're a netminder, especially in the NHL. But in this postseason, he's he's done a great job with this team being resilient against the Jets coming up in in big moments when they needed him most but then in this series against Dallas this was a series that seemed to to be a defensive battle between the defensive-minded Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues who have their goaltender in Jordan Bennington but give credit where credit is due Ben Bishop had an incredible series and it showed in game seven where he made 52 saves but it just was enough Patrick Maroon scored the game-winning goal for St. Louis, and it's a St. Louis native that is propelling a, a St. Louis Blues team to the conference finals, and they the last time that they they made it there was in 2016. We'll get into more about, about their opponent in a little bit, but to see the St. Louis Blues in the place that they're at after what we saw in the first part of the season, it's really something special. That is so true. When you have a team that does that, Danny, it is just spectacular to watch that happen. And um, like you said, on the uh, stars, Ben Bishop had a great season, great playoff, 52 saves. That is incredible, downright incredible. But sometimes you have a hero that comes through for the opposing team and saves the day, and he's been nothing but praise for him on Twitter today. And it's just crazy because you see his family, his friends, everybody praising him for scoring a game-winning goal. But you don't see it for the opposing goalie and you can understand that but it's also sad because players put so much into this in, in into this career it's their life it's their living and they really deserve the goalie opposing goalie deserves more than he got credit for but 
<clears throat> Patrick Maroon came through and said today on a discounted one-year contract to be closer to his son. And this guy just comes through and saves the day for this team. In Game 7, after winning in Dallas for Game 6. Vladimir Tarasenko only had five points in this entire playoff season, but all five of those points turned out to be goals, and it's, it, it might be the case where it's not the big-name players in Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly who are performing at the utmost level, but it's, it's the depth of the St. Louis Blues team that has gotten them where they are at. And there are two players tied for for points and for the Blues team lead, and it's not players you would mainly expect to be points leaders. Jaden Schwartz, he has eight goals this postseason. He was important in the Winnipeg Jets series, but then in the Dallas series, it was more the on the part of Alex Petrangelo, who had a, an important goal in Game 6 in Dallas, and that kept the Blues alive and set up the stage for St. Louis to win the series in 7. Indeed, and when you have a team like that, you have the right players. Sometimes it's not your star players like we've seen. You have a player that comes in as a star, but then he kind of fades into the fades into the dis, dis, distance there. Sometimes it's your role players. It's your, it's your bench players that can come in, put up enough points, whether it's assists or goals, and they can help get the team on an even pace, scoring and getting the puck in to the right scoring players. And it's kind of funny because you have all the all-stars sometimes that are mentioned, all the players they're focused on, or all the merchandise that are sold for certain players. But sometimes it's not them that save the day. It's those players that you wouldn't expect. And it's always fun to see that happen. And it's always great for a franchise because they, they can come in and say, hey, I'm not your big-name all-star, and I don't want a, all the credit and all the banners and everything up in town for me. But I can help this team. I, I can be that sixth man, like in hoops, you see. But and when you have that sort of player, they can, they, they can spark a whole team. And it's crazy to see what can happen, especially with the Blues here, Danny. Well, with St. Louis, we've seen what they've been doing in recent years. They haven't had the most success, especially come the postseason. They hadn't seen the, the conference finals since 2016. And it's been a Blues team that has never gotten much of a chance to make an impact in the postseason. They have gotten close at times. As they do, as they have had trips to the conference finals, but they they've come up short very consistently whenever they did have their their shot. But it's it's this Blues team. There's is this the same Blues team that has come up short in the conference finals for so many years, where they have they've come up short against the Avalanche in 2001, and they lost in 2016. We'll go go little bit into depth about that later on and then you have to go all the way back to 1986 for the last occasion that they made to to the conference finals where they lost to the Calgary Flames on uh, route to a, a defeat in the Stanley Cup and you would have to go all the way back to 1970 for the Blues last Stanley Cup appearance but here's the here's the fact of the matter this St. Louis Blues team has hasn't had postseason success. Sure, you have J-Bo Meester, the veteran that might be on his swan song right now, but is this is this a Blues team that is different than the past teams? I think they are a different team than the past teams. Um, I actually I have run a hockey page. I've had Blues fans say stuff like, oh, yeah, they're, they're not going to do well uh, here and there, but that was in the past, and this team, 
I think it all comes back to Jordan Bennington. He's been a spark this season coming in, I think it was January 2nd, and he's propelled him up the standings, came up from the San Antonio Rampage in the AHL. It just shows you what a single player can do for a franchise. It, he generated enough power, enough m- motivation for them, and I think this Blues team is a threat to the Sharks. It'll be a seven-game series, I think. Let's go into the San Jose Sharks and how they were able to make it to the conference finals. And boy, what a run they have had. First, their their first series of the playoffs, oh, it was difficult. They faced the Vegas Golden Knights, and they gave them quite a time. First, a 3-1 series deficit. And they were, and the Sharks were able to come through and win Game Five in San Jose. But that's when things started to get interesting. Game Six was a was a battle. It, it, the score didn't indicate that it was a great hockey game, with the score tied one one going into the second overtime. But the action, especially in the overtime period, was incredible to watch, and it was ended on a short-handed overtime goal by Tomas Hurdle, and that sealed the deal in Game 6. And if you thought that was the, the climax for the series, wait till Game 7. Vegas had a 3-0 lead going into the third period, and, or going into, or 2-0 lead, rather, going into the third. They scored a goal to make it 3-0, about 10 minutes le- left to go. But then a critical 5-minute major penalty and an injury to Joe Pavelski set up the stage for the San Jose Sharks as Pavelski was was knocked out of that game and for the most part of their upcoming series. But then the Sharks scored four goals in four minutes on the five-minute power play. And then Vegas, to their credit, scored a late goal with under a minute left to force the game into overtime. But it was the, the San Jose Sharks with their momentum going for them. And then Barkley Goodrow scoring the game-winning overtime goal, and that clinched up Game 7 in dramatic fashion. But then in this series that they had in the second round against the Colorado Avalanche, Colorado proved that they were something special when they beat Calgary in five games. And they showed in this series here, Derek, that they were here to play. And Nathan McKinnon when he was hot, he was red hot, and he was showing up all over the place. But when the Sharks were able defensively to lock down Nathan McKinnon, it proved to be the difference maker in why San Jose won this series. For sure. And unfortunately, Nathan McKinnon went down early, early tonight due to injury in the first period. <clears throat> but McKinnon, since his junior days, I remember um, when they won the Memorial Cup with the Halifax Mooseheads, that was at the expense of my... Uh, Port Portland Winter Winterhawks standing, and I was unfortunate, but it just showed how talented of a kid that that guy was, what he was going to do in the NHL, and why the Avalanche did, did so well. It's unfortunate they came up short for them, but this San Jose team, they're hungry, they're chomping at the bit, but they're going to need a bigger boat in this conference final. So they're going to, they're a tough team, but this is going to be a fun conference finals to watch. This is a San Jose Sharks team that was entirely rejuvenated. Well, you had a huge loss in Joe Pavelski getting injured in Game 7, but if it wasn't for Joe Pavelski's injury, San Jose might not be here. And But once he came back in Game 7 against Colorado, boy, did he make an impact. First, he scored the game's opening goal, and that seemed to tip the tides. And, and right then and there, it seemed as if, San Jose was destined to win that game. And Pavelski assisted on another goal 
to give San Jose a 2-0 lead, and it's, it seemed right then and there that the Sharks were going to resiliently make their way, and they had a great defensive effort by the defense to withhold Colorado's Nathan McKinnon for the most part, and and, it, and that's the reason why the San Jose team has is in the position that they're at. With two Game 7s, they're still able to advance on to the conference finals, but the credit also has to go to a man that, even though he didn't have the, the best of regular seasons, he's shown up when he needs to, and that's Martin Jones for the San Jose Sharks. And he, he's made it to the Stanley Cup in the past, in, in, in 2016, where they had to meet the St. Louis Blues in the conference finals to get to the Stanley Cup final, where they ended up losing. But Martin Jones, he's been there before, and he knows how to win in the playoffs. And that's why Martin Jones is really a difference maker for the San Jose Sharks team. Indeed, Danny. Martin Jones has been, like, like you said, he's been there before. When you have players who have been there before in the playoffs... Let me take a breath. That guy, he is very important for that team because, like I said, you have players who have been there and they are huge contributors. You can take a page out of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Danny. They've been multiple cup runs. You have Sidney Crosby, Phil Kessel, Jeannie Malkin. When you have multiple players who can make an impact, who have been there before, it helps because it shows the young players in the team what it takes. It shows their energy, momentum. They're, they're considered leaders. And so you have leaders on that team that can help mentor the young players, like I said earlier, and they, uh, while also contributing points of their own and energizing the fans, energizing their coaches, energizing their teammates. It goes a long, long ways. And it showed in this series in particular and how the veterans were able to show up Joe Pavelski, especially in Game 7, and that's why the San Jose Sharks are moving on to the conference finals. But you can't overlook it. How great of an effort this Colorado Avalanche team put in with their netminder and Michael Grubauer, his first main season, being the key focal point, as we all know, Braden Holtby took over for Grubauer in the postseason last year, and it, well, that was all she wrote for the Washington Capitals. But this year, it, it, it was a, a statement for Michael Grubauer in saying that he is a great goaltender that, is, that was a hidden gem in the Washington Capitals. And it showed in the, in the playoffs, especially against Calgary, and then also in this series against San Jose. And it shows that Michael Grubauer is a great goaltender. But what has, well, the season didn't remain alive for well, after the second round for the Colorado Avalanche. But one man who has his career still going is Joe Thornton, the veteran that he is. He's been there for so long. He's only had one chance at the Stanley Cup where he lost in 2016, and now he's back in the conference finals. This could be his final season, but what, an, what a job he has done in his NHL career, not only with Boston, but mainly in San Jose. That's right, and San Jose has been an excellent team this season. It's just been its crazy to see what they've done. San Jose is hungry. They want this, Danny. And honestly, this San Jose team has very good potential. I'm, I'm very excited to watch this conference final. It'll be one that is going to be incredible to watch, and it'll be a great series throughout. Before we go and go into depth about both these two series, first let's look at the last team that has made their way to the conference finals. And it was a, it was a strange road there for this team, but they've made it. 
First, it was a difficult first-round series against the Toronto Maple Leafs that really turned on the suspension of Nazem Kadri in Game 2 of that series where the Bruins won and Nazem Kadri got suspended for the rest of the series. But then it was the Bruins who fed off that momentum and they lost a Game 5 at home and it seemed as if Toronto might finally get the Bruins. But then in Game 6, the Bruins were able to win. And then in Game 7, a, a elimination game, Tuka Rask came up huge in the Bruins' 5-1 Game 7 victory. And then in Game 2, they were or Round 2, they faced the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team that was a whole lot better than we all realized. At the beginning of the playoffs, we thought it, it would be a stretch if Columbus were able to just win one game. We thought it was a joke. Game 1, Columbus pr proved us wrong. Even though they were down 3-0 early, they came back and won that game, and they blew out Tampa Bay. And it showed also in round two in the early going. The first two games went into overtime. Columbus came out on top in game two with a double overtime win with Matt Duchesne scoring the winner. And then in game three, Columbus flexed their muscle on Boston and finessed a 2-1 victory at home. But then that's when the series began to turn. And the reason was the Bruins' first line, Brad Marchand, with Patrice Bergeron, they've been there for a while, and the new kid, David Posternock, he's he showed up in how the Bruins were able to score using their first line. They won, they stole a game in Columbus, four to one. Then they took the series back to Game Five in Boston, in the, what was the day of the Kentucky Derby, and you talk about crazy finishes. There was one right there where the Bru where there were, there was a grand total of an astounding goals that were scored with the count being three goals apiece in the third period for both teams. But it was David Posternock, that first liner, his goal proved to be the difference maker with under two minutes to go. That gave the Bruins the win. And then in game six, another elimination game, guess who came up huge? It was Tuka Rask with a, a 3 nothing shutout victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets, and, and, that, and that propels them to the conference finals. But what was the main key point of em emphasis was the performance that Tuka Rask had in the Boston goal. Tuka Rask, who's been there before, Danny, just like a few goalies we've talked about tonight. And Tuka Rask, when you have a team that can have him, as well as uh, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, they're kind of like the Pittsburgh Penguins in a sense because they have all that experience. There's a veteran team. They've been to the final. They know what it takes to get to conference final at least. And they have all the veteran leadership up front. They know what it takes, and so they're a consistent winning team. They have, they've tended to have the right coach, uh, make made championship runs, and so it really doesn't shock me what they did there. They made past an incredible Columbus team. I'm not gonna knock them for that because Columbus they upset Tampa, but man, Boston, you can't go up against that monster and expect to win easily. You not only have to deal with the first line, but also the net minding is what has really saved this Boston team in Tuka Rask. And it shows in the games that mattered the most. Game 6 against Toronto, where the, the Bruins had to win. He gave up an early goal against the Maple Leafs, but they were able to hold on and win that game. And then in Game 7, it proved why Tuka Rask is a great netminder. And then it also showed in Game 6 against the Columbus Blue Jackets, where Tuka Rask did not let anything buy him. John Tortorella, before that game, said that they've cracked the code on Tuka Rask. Well, here's the, here's the thing. 
he cracked the end of the season for the Columbus Blue Jackets. See what I did there? But it, they win against the Blue Jackets in Game 6. Did not come without controversy as Charlie McAvoy had a questionable hit near the end of the second period that may have, possibly, should have, could have, warranted a five-minute penalty, which they were, the Bruins were somehow able to escape with only a two-minute minor. But Charlie McAvoy is suspended for the first game of the series. Could this play a factor in the, the possible game one against Carolina, possibly? I think it can, but I don't think it really will because... You still have a great team. You have all your top line, your second line, your third line, and the goalies. Uh, I don't really think Boston will be phased much by this. Likewise, it's only one game of the series, plus you, the Bruins do have home ice advantage. It will be important to hold serve at home. This is a Bruins team that does perform well, even through adversity, and we've seen that in the in the three elimination potential elimination games that they played. They were 3-0 in all those games, and, and it proves that this Boston Bruins team is playoff capable, and they have home ice advantage throughout the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs due to Calgary and Tampa Bay being eliminated. So this Boston Bruins team seems to be heading on the right track, and and if there's anyone that does stand out as a possible Conn Smythe Trophy candidate, I have to give it to Tuka Rask just because of how, how well he has performed in pressure-type situations. But all these teams have had to play with pressure, and there will be plenty of pressure coming up in the series to come. Now let's head, let's look back at the Western Conference and what we have in store for that series. It's a rematch of the 2016 Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, where San Jose was able to beat the St. Louis Blues four games to two, and the, the same netminders remain. Jake Allen will be... Who was with? Who was a starting netminder for the Blues is going to be on the roster. He won't be the starting netminder. It's the duties will go to Jordan Bennington, obviously, but Martin Jones will remain in the net for the San Jose Sharks, just like it was the case three years ago. But that brings up the question: Is the Blues, with their recent resurgence, is that going to be enough of a factor to possibly overtake the Sharks? What what portion of this Blues' recent success will play a factor in this series? Danny, that's hard to say that the Blues are going to even win a game. I think they're going to win a game, I do. But this Sharks team, they're hungry. They haven't won the Cup in a few years. I mean, they, years. They ne- they've never won a Stanley Cup. And that's the thing. They've been there a few years. This constant, this past few years, they've been there. They've made deep runs, but they... They've been able to taste it, and they've had to watch the Penguins raise it up on their eyes. They've had to watch other teams. But, man, they want it, and I know they're hungry. This Sharks team is a monster, and I think St. Louis is going to have a very hard time. Bennington is a very good goalie. Uh, Joe Pavelski and company will have a hard time getting past him, but I think they'll be able to figure him out. San Jose did win the regular season series two games to one with one of the wins for the Sharks coming in overtime. But the key factor is Jordan Bennington did not play in any of those games against San Jose. And that could be a factor in the series. But what a great goal, goaltending matchup we have. Two contrasting pl- netminders in Jordan Bennington, the rookie, and then Martin Jones, the veteran. Doesn't get better than that, Danny. You have a rookie star that comes in out of nowhere. Comes in January 2nd, propels the team up the standings. Then you, you propels them through the first round. 
It's the second round. Fans are going crazy. The players are like, is this real life? Jordan's probably not able to sleep at night because he's so happy. And now you're in the conference finals? This kid is incredible. But then also the concern for the St. Jose Sharks is how they've been playing so many games. First, you had the seven-game grueling series against the Vegas team that plays a physical brand of hockey, and it, it, it really blew them apart in how they were so dead tired, and the residue seemed to show as the series against Colorado wore on, and that also goes to prove that this San Jose team has played 14 playoff games already, and that is quite a workload, and they'll be playing against the St. Louis Blues team that is that has played also very well. That means but could the factor of being tired come back to bite the Sharks? I do not think it will. I can understand why you're coming from that angle, Danny. It totally makes sense. It does. However, I do not think that'll happen. We've been seeing these long series, and yeah, both teams are probably getting tired. Yeah, San Jose has played more games. But you look at it, San Jose has a playoff experience. They know what it takes to win. The leadership in the front with the front office... They've, they know they've been there. They can help the veteran leadership on the ice. The veteran leadership on the ice, in turn, can help the young players. And they've been there because and we've seen this year even, when they've bounced against the wall, they've come up each game. And they take 110%, leave it all out on the ice, and do what it takes. They stay out there and fight till the death. And they've won every time. I am very confident in this Sharks team. We'll be making our picks later on in the show, but first, let's look at the Eastern Conference Final between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins. It was a Bruins team that won the season series two games to one, but here's the factor that, that catches our attention as we look into the goaltending matchup. In the matchup that will be taking place in the series between Peter Morazic and Tuka Rask, in that meeting that took place last calendar year, it was the Hurricanes with their netminder, Peter Morazic, getting the better of Tuka Rask in a 5-3 victory for the Carolina Hurricanes. But first of all, let's appreciate how great of a goaltending matchup we have between Peter Morazic and Tuka Rask. That can't be said enough for both the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference of the goalie matchups. You have four quality goalies in these conference finals. And it's just, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Tuka Rask, he's been there before, he knows what it takes. Peter Mrazek, she's sort of new to this, sort of not. But Tuka Rask is the more experienced goalie here in this sort of situation, the conference finals and these deep playoff runs. But don't get, the, don't get me wrong, this Carolina team is talented. And they've been having a very fun time with this late run in the late season, now into the playoffs. This is going to be a doozy to watch. It could easily be a goaltending battle with a defensive presence up front, too. Here's my concern for this series and what might be the tipping point. Obviously, the Bruins live and die off of their first line of, of Postnock, Bergeron, and Marchand. But, if, but the problem here for this Bruins team is Carolina has a great defenseman presence. And it, what might decide the series will be if that first line can strive and find success against this Carolina Hurricanes defenseman. I think the Hurricanes D, D players, I think they're hard to beat, but you have a Bruins team that's been there before. You have a Bruins team with the experience and a Bruins team with the offensive weapons. And just, I, I could go on and on, obviously, but I think it's going to be hard for the Canes' defenses to keep up their guard against this highly potent offense in the Bruins. 
Boston not only has their their top line that is truly a difference maker, but you do have veterans who have been there before. Marcus Johansson, he's had his his go around w- with with the Washington Capitals, and then a veteran presence that is very underrated. No, it's not Bergeron, but David Krejci. It's him and Bergeron who s- excel in the face-off circle, and they've gone a long way. But also, it's the new guys that are starting to play an impact. Charlie Coyle from the Minnesota Wild. In Well, he came from Minnesota in trade, obviously, but Charlie Coyle has played a factor, especially in the, in the playoffs and how he's had clutch goals, especially against the Columbus Blue Jackets in that series. But then for the defensemen, you have Krug and Charlie McAvoy, who have been scoring leaders for the defensemen for this team, even though Charlie McAvoy will be out for a game. But then you also have younger players in Jake DeBrusque, Danton Heinen, who have played a factor. And then you have a physical player in, in David Backus, the centerman. And also, you can't overlook a man that spent quite of his time in Carolina in Joachim Nordstrom. And now he's playing against his former team for a chance to play in the Stanley Cup final. And then also, there's also you can't overlook the veteran presence of Zidane Ochara, the captain. And he, he may not stuff up the stat sheet, but his leadership is the reason why this team puts him at captain. And this Boston Bruins team does seem well equipped for a for a possible deep run but also you can't look at the you can't overlook the leadership of Justin Williams either he's also the captain for the Carolina Hurricanes you have two great captains in in Williams and also in Chara and it has the makings of two titans going at it surprisingly in Carolina and Boston that cannot be said enough they're both older players in the league they've both been there they've both won cups so it shows that you have the right leadership. I've been preaching this all uh, episode long, Danny. You have that right leadership. They can help mentor the young ones. They can even help provide. Uh, they can help provide the energy for the players like them, the highly offensive and defensive veterans. They they're the rock to a franchise on the ice. Here's here's my question here, and looking at both these two teams. You have Justin Williams, who is a man that shows up come postseason time, and he's a great leader, and it shows in how Carolina has gotten this far. But then again, you have a Boston team that has a couple, a couple handful of players that were on the team when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011, and it's and you have you have David Krejci. Patrice Bergeron, who were a big part of the Stanley Cup run, and Zdeno Chara, he was there. Tuka Rask was the witness. He was the backup netminder when the Bruins won the Cup. But then you also had the Bruins' second Stanley Cup appearance in 2013 where they ended up falling short. Tuka Rask was a netminder for that, so there's a a possible redemption story for him. So the, the question here is this. You have a Carolina Hurricanes team that has Justin Williams, who is the go-to guy if you want to make the playoffs and have success, or you have a Bruins team that has players that have won it before, which experience do you think will show up more in this series? I think it's going to come down to the team that wants it more, Danny. And I think that's Boston. But you can't overlook the Canes, so it could go either way. But it's going to come down to your offensive weapons, as well as your defensive, but the goalies, they need to have their defensive players up there backing them up. Here's what I see. 
the Boston Bruins have a handful of players that have made a Stanley Cup run, and they have developed a culture that is designed to win a Stanley Cup. Carolina, sure, Justin Williams is into the mix, but it's hard to change a culture in the span, uh, in the short span of two years, to a level that can help bring a team to a Stanley Cup. That's why I, I think the experience with the Boston Bruins will show up more in the series. Will it be enough to win it? We'll have to wait and see when the, our picks come around. But then again, we also have to look at the Carol, this Carolina Hurricanes team and how the, they were able to be resilient in the second round. We saw the Islanders sweep Pittsburgh, and they, they were the quickest team to finish off their, their playoff series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously. And then fast forward to the second round, where they were coming off a week's rest. They didn't win a single game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Could that come back upon this Carolina team and how they can they could falter very easily, knowing that they've had this rest that they didn't have in the after the first round? The saying is rest versus rust. And it could come down to them being rusty from the rest. But I, I don't know that... I think that was the case with the Portland Trailblazers a few days ago, but I don't think that's the case with this Carolina team, Danny, because this Carolina team, they've been energized this whole run. They're kind of like the Sharks in a sense in that they've had the energy and the motivation to win, and they've always been there. They've kept it up all series long, each series, every step of the way, and I really don't see them faltering now. I mean, it feels like that would have happened by now. Here's what I see. The telltale sign will be Game 1 taking place tonight between these two teams. If Carolina is able to win this this game, this could be the turning point of the series, and it could show that Carolina is, is, a, is a force to be reckoned with in this series in particular. But if Boston were able to win, for, first of all, you're holding serve at home. That's important. But it depends. Well, Game 1 is going to tell us a lot about how how legit are both of these teams and that that's what i see in my eyes but will will rest play a factor i don't think so because when you look at this carolina hurricane team they were ravaged with injuries in in not only in the islander series but also in their first round bout with the washington capitals it seems as if the rest is coming at just the right time where it's enough to rest up and and get into a form of being healthy but also it's not enough to lose that hunger that the islanders seem to have lost in the second round that's why personally for me i don't i don't think that rest is going to play a factor in this series at all well now we've hit the point where we're we're hitting our favorite stretch of the show and that is our picks but before we go into our picks just uh We'll just brush over on the WHL final because we've covered the Western Hockey League for so long. We are in the WHL finals, and it seems as if Prince Albert is running away with the series. They've last night they beat the Vancouver Giants by the count of one to nothing, and it was the night earlier where they beat Vancouver eight to two, and that was also at home. So that means Prince Albert has won three straight against Vancouver as it seems as if as game five will be taking place on Friday night. It seems as if Prince Albert is in the driver's seat to finish things off and it'll be a tough road for the Vancouver if they want to see themselves winning this series because they not only have to hold serve on Friday night, but then you have to win two games 
in Prince Albert, and that is easier said than done. Obviously, some teams have done it more than others, but to beat the best team in the league in two straight games, that's a tough order. So it'll be difficult to I for think, this Vancouver Giants team especially. And I think the win got knocked out of them, Danny. The G- Giants lost two games in their own building. I don't know if they can come back from that. We'll have to wait and see, but to me, I think this series will be over in five with the Prince Albert Raiders winning the Etchenough Cup and being the first, well, they're going to be win, win the WHL tr- uh, championship and keep that trophy on the Canadian border as, as opposed to the last U.S. division team to win a WHL championship, that being in Seattle and Everett came up short last year. So it seems as if that, well, obviously the WHL championship trophy in the HNF Cup will go to a team on the Canadian border, but it's only a matter of whether it's going to be on the West Side or in the Eastern Conference in Prince Albert. But it seems as if the Raiders are in position to win that, that yeah, championship. And one big acquisition, they got Dante Hanoon from the Victoria Royals this season. He's been a huge factor in that. Uh, not an all-star really per se, but... A huge role player has put up a very good amount of points this season to help propel them in a midseason trade. And it's this Prince Albert team that is in the driver's seat, but that's that's covering essentially all of our WHL discussions as it seems that Prince Albert will be destined for the Memorial Cup. And as it's our hope, personally, as, as Western Hockey League's onlookers in the CHL. Obviously, we cover them for so much. It'd be nice to see them possibly win a championship, but we'll have to wait and see. The The WHL has struggled in the Memorial Cup in years past, so it will be a case of seeing if this Prince Albert team is truly who all they are made out to be. But let's go back into the National Hockey League and, and what really matters, because this is the professionals. And let's first look at the, the Western Conference Finals between the St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks. Both these two teams are, are coming in hot at the right time. They have both won a Game 7 to advance to this stage, and that sets up a huge stage. So, Derek... What does each team have to do in order to win? Obviously, if you're the St. Louis Blues, you have got to have not only your role players show up, but mainly your superstars because they are great for who the, for the skills that they have. If you want to win a series, you have got to have those players show up. And obviously, Jordan Binnington has to come up clutch in the, in the St. Louis goal. And if you're San Jose, if you're looking to win, there is you also have to go through role players and stars, but Joe Pavelski seems to be the man that is driving this team. That's why they won Game Seven against Vegas and why they won Game Seven against Colorado. And personally, for me, I think Joe Pavelski has a huge burden to carry for the San Jose Sharks team, and they're riding in high. So it'll be exciting to see if the San Jose Sharks team can keep it going against a red-hot St. Louis Blues team, but. What are the keys in this series, particularly for both sides? Well, first off for the Blues, Jordan Bennington has to be solid concrete in that. That's my number one key. Number two, you have to have your role players, uh, specifically Vladimir Tarasenko, come up clutch. And three, your one all-star. Ryan O'Reilly has to produce that extra boost behind the role players to propel them. And four... Your defensive players on that side, they have to come up bigger than expected. This Sharks team is a force to be reckoned with, 
And that goalie on the other end, he, Martin Jones, he's very tough. So your offensive weapons have to step up, and then your defensive weapons have to step up to help because those Sharks, they have very, very good offensive weapons. There are great players within this St. Louis team, and as far as role players are concerned, they have to step up. On the defensive side, you have Colton Perenko, who has been a great asset for the St. Louis team. Alex Petrangelo, he had a big goal. Obviously, we went into depth about that earlier in the show in Game 6 against the Dallas Stars. And also veteran presences in Jay Bomeister, who have carried this team to where they have they are at. And then you also have guys that haven't scored, but they've been there before. Alex Steen, he's not quite what he used to be in the past in the Blues run to the Western Conference Finals against San Jose in the past. But it'll be important for this St. Louis Blues team to have their role players step in. Jaden Schwartz has to come a big. He's been huge all playoffs. And if he can keep that going, the Blues might have a nice time against the San Jose Sharks. But for the San Jose Sharks team, what do they have to do in order to win this series? San Jose, they have to... They're, I don't think they'll have a hard time with St. Louis. What they have to do is their offensive weapons have to step up. Their defensive weapons have to be standing and tall up front of their goalie to help the goalie in that. And it's your offensive keys, though, that are going to be the biggest factor for you, as well as Martin Jones in that. And I think it's Brent Burns. It's all your offensive weapons. Joe Pavelski. It's, it's everyone out there on the ice. And I think if you have all your players firing on all cylinders, Danny, You've got it. That's important, and if your offensive players are starting to thrive, well, also you can't overlook the defensive end of things, too. When you think of the San Jose Sharks and key players, how can you not overlook Brent Burns and what he does for the defensive side? But also the acquisition, Eric Carlson from the Ottawa Senators, he's come. he, he was injured for a good portion of the season, but once he came back, at the right time, he showed up. And then also the Sharks, you have a ton of goal scorers in Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle. And also for the San Jose Sharks, you have Joe Pavelski, who is, who is finally back. So this, this is a well-rounded Sharks team. And it's, it's tough to pick who's going to come out on top in this series. But here's what I see. A, this is a San Jose Sharks team that had a grueling Game 7, and I was... Astonished that they handled all the, all the stress that they had in the, their first round series against the Avalanche so well. But you're playing against another physical team in Colorado. Two physical teams make it very difficult. And I think it's, gonna sh- it's, it's going to wear a toll, especially in this Western Conference Finals. That's why I have the St. Louis Blues winning this series in five games. Um, that's a bold pick, Danny. <clears throat> I have the San Jose Sharks in six. I think they have what it takes. They've been pushing all playoff long. They've had those seven-game series, but when they've had bats against the wall, when they've had to come up with that extra energy and come up out of, the, out, out of their guts and just one last punch, they've had it. I... I... I do respect the resilience of the San Jose Sharks team, but there does come a breaking point. Now, to be fair, St. Louis has had their their run of difficult playoff series. They faced the Winnipeg Jets, who were who seemed to they were bipolar in the postseason, and then 
this Dallas Stars team, they also played a physical series, but Dallas is not as physical uh, to the caliber of Colorado and also with the with the Vegas Golden Knights and the physicality is going to be it's going to be difficult difficult against the Sharks team mind you but St. Louis seems to be more prepared to engage in a long grueling series that's why I have the Blues coming out on top in this series now let's head to the Eastern Conference end of things between Carolina and Boston and this is a Boston team that had the third best record in the NHL you have weapons in in their first line and also role players that are performing well but you can't overlook Tuka Rask and how great he's done now mind you Carolina if they are able to steal a game in Boston this could get into quite the series and Carolina is terrific at home they they have yet to lose a game in Raleigh yet so if Carolina is able to hold serve at home this could mean trouble for Boston but to me this is a Carolina Hurricanes team that doesn't it, it's not well rounded enough to move on into the Stanley Cup final because this Boston team has the veteran experience as we alluded to earlier. That's why I have Boston coming out in this series and I think it's go, it's going to be a difficult one and it's going to take Boston 6 games to get it done. I do agree Boston's going to get it done and I think it goes 6. I think Carolina they've had their magical run. I think it's going to come to a close, and I cannot applaud Carolina enough. And they're, they're going to give them a one crazy run. Boston's going to have a tough time, but I think Boston in six as well. So that brings us to the Stanley Cup final and early predictions. First, we'll pick our right now our Stanley Cup final winner, and then who would be the Conn Smythe Trophy winner in uh, for the playoff MVP? For me, I have... I have Boston and St. Louis in the Stanley Cup final. I think it, it, it's going to be a long series, but I have Boston coming out on top. And for my Conn Smythe Trophy winner, I think it's a no-brainer. It's got to be Tuka Rask. Uh, I have the same except for it's Boston and San Jose. And I think Tuka Rask is going to win it because he is the goalie that's been there. He has the experience. He's been close the past two years. And... He has been a solid rock on that piece of ice. On that shit of ice, he's been there studying that, and I think there's no one more deserving than him. I think the reason why Tuka Rask wins the Smythe, if the Bruins were to win the Stanley Cup, will be because of how he, he showed up when it mattered the most in elimination games where he pitched a shutout against Columbus to not to close out the series in Game 6, and then also in the Toronto series in two elimination games, he was resilient. He only gave up three goals within the the two elimination games where Boston had the scoring depth to help their netminder out. That's why I think Boston is still prepared to win a Stanley Cup. And that's why, uh, personally for me, I still see Boston was my Stanley Cup pick at the beginning of the playoffs, and they remain my Stanley Cup pick, and I'm going to live and die by the Boston Bruins in this series. Well, that's all the time that we have on Across the Blue Line. We will have one last show. That will be the Stanley Cup preview, and we will go into depth 
about each team and how they were able to make it to the Stanley Cup final. It'll be a fun show to look back at at how both of these two teams had their high moments and their low moments as well and how they were able to perform well and make it into the, the big stage, and that is the Stanley Cup final. We'll go into more depth in the Stanley Cup preview of Across the Blue Line. That will be the series finale for Across the Blue Line for this year at least. Next year we'll, the product may continue, but we'll have to go. We'll have to make some some logistical decisions about across the blue line for the future but for now for the second to last episode of across the blue line i'm danny bach for Derek harper saying so long from kcw ellensburg on another episode of across the blue line